Welcome to the Life Changing Principles Podcast, where we take a new principle every week and explore how it changes our lives. I'm Leanne Hunt, ready to jump into today's principle. Today, I'm going to start our principle discussion off with a quote. The quote goes like this, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. If you Google this quote all over the internet, this quote is attributed to Viktor Frankl. It's actually not a Viktor Frankl quote. It's actually a quote by Stephen R. Covey, who was talking about a story about Viktor Frankl and how he handled his life in the middle of giving this quote. And so people think it was him that said it. Where did Stephen Covey get it? He actually read it in a book that he could never go back and find. So researchers have gone down and looked for this quote all over the place. There's other um, psychologists who have said something really similar to this. And so wherever the quote comes from, I'm just going to attribute it to Covey because it was in his book. Wherever this quote comes from, the idea of it is that there are things that trigger us all day long to do things, not trigger in like the big trigger, trigger way, just like small little things. There are things that we react to all day long. And when the thing happens and we're ready to react, there's a little space there. And that space is what I want to talk about today. I want to start with a story so we can unpack this idea a little bit that there's a space between the stimulus and the response. So the other day, my husband and I are empty nesters, first of all, and so we just live here on our own. And the other day, I got hungry, and so I was like, oh, I'm going to go cook myself some dinner. That's awesome. Now, generally, he cooks a lot right now because he's retired and I'm not, and so he cooks most of our meals. And, but I was hungry and I went to go cook, so I went and started cooking. And a little while into it, maybe 10 minutes in, all of a sudden, I could feel myself just be super frustrated and angry. And I'm like, wow, what just happened? I had already reacted to some kind of a stimulus without even knowing it. So we're going to talk about in a minute. Why do I think there's a space between stimulus and response when I was already responding by being frustrated and angry? But because I do this work often, I paused for a minute and said, okay, it sounds like you're frustrated and angry. What's going on here? What's triggering this? And I realized that what was triggering it was my thoughts. My thoughts were, you know what? My husband should be in here helping me. I shouldn't be cooking dinner because he's out there thinking this is women's work and this is ridiculous. It's not, we've been through this. He knows that he's a complete partner. So why is he not helping me? So you can see why I'd be mad, right? Wouldn't you be mad if your husband thought that cooking was women's work? Because it's just like, hello, this is 21st century. No, this is not the way it works anymore. So once I had labeled that thought and had put it kind of out in front of me as a sentence in front of my head and said, okay, see that sentence right there, that thought? I'm having the thought that my husband thinks that cooking is for women. That's a sentence. That's, you don't even know if he's thinking that or not. That's just a sentence that occurred to you in your brain. Maybe you haven't cooked in a while and your brain's trying to make sense of like, oh, why are you cooking? Well, do you know why I'm cooking? Because I'm hungry and I want to eat. And I just am an adult. I can come cook whenever I want. So I came and was making myself some dinner. So there's multiple stories that are going on here. But as soon as I got triggered by that story and that belief that my husband thinks that cooking is for women, I just reacted immediately. But also because I could pause for a minute and before I went out and started yelling at him or you know going off in a huff and going out to eat myself or something like that, 
I could pause for a minute and say, okay, this little thought triggered me. It's just a sentence in my head. It's no big deal. I can get some distance from it. I wonder what's really going on. All right, we're two adults. We kind of eat when we want. My husband cooks often. He probably doesn't believe that because he does cook often. As an adult, he's outside doing some project that he feels like doing. I didn't even tell him I was cooking anything. I'm cooking because I'm hungry. So be a grown up and cook and get over it. And I was like, oh, okay. Isn't that funny how we can get carried away by a random thought that's not even true unless we pause and make that little space between the stimulus and the response a little bit bigger so that we can decide how we want to act. I think the thing that most often triggers our big responses where we get overreactive or emotional or whatever, sometimes it's other people's stuff. Sometimes somebody will say something or something in the environment will change. But a lot of times it's our thoughts. It's our thoughts about what just happened or it's our random thoughts that just show up and then we react to our thoughts. So being able to get a little bit of distance from our thoughts helps us create a bigger space between the stimulus and the response that we want to choose in the situation. So how do we do that? What kind of tools are out there for helping us get a little bit of distance from our thoughts so that we can expand that space and give ourselves time to think? Well, the first thing we can do is recognize that a lot of our thoughts are automatic. They come without our permission. It's not us actually intentionally creating them. It's just our brain making up a story for how things are because our brain likes to make sense of things. It likes to know the answers. It doesn't like uncertainty and it doesn't like being in the dark. And so our brain creates stories all the time about why things happen. Those stories come across to us as sentences in our brain, but all they are are sentences. They're not really what happened. When you have a thought like that, that comes unbidden without your permission, and it's not a thought that's helpful to you, try some of these things. First of all, just say the sentence. I'm having the thought that, and then you can say your sentence. Can you see how giving yourself a little bit of distance by saying, I'm having the thought that, it puts you as an observer watching yourself think. That's the goal of all of these tools today, is as you choose what you're gonna do to respond, you wanna actually look at what thoughts are useful, and to do that, you need a little bit of distance. So saying, I'm having the thought that my husband doesn't care about me. Okay, what triggered that? But could be any number of things. Maybe he's not texting you back, maybe his phone died. There's a million things that could have happened, but when you're having that thought, it feels real. It feels real when you say, my husband doesn't care about me. Wow, if that was true, I'm gonna feel really crappy and there's a lot of things that I'm gonna do if I get on that emotional roller coaster of my husband doesn't care about me. But when I say, oh, I'm having the thought that, then I can get curious about it. If you're just having the thought that your husband doesn't care about you, then you can go, okay, what's triggering that thought? I know he does, so that's kind of weird. Where did that thought come from? Oh, he hasn't texted me back and I'm really anxious for his reply. Okay, that's an entirely different situation than my husband doesn't care about me. Another kind of thought that we have often is an automatic negative thought where you're just going about your day, you do something, you mess something up, and all of a sudden you've got all these thoughts about how stupid you are and how disorganized you are and why can't you be different? Why can't you be like your sister-in-law and why, like all of those like runaway thoughts that happen? Again, you want to get a little bit of distance for those instead of just reacting or getting depressed and quitting or whatever it is that those thoughts would cause you to do because of the emotions that they produce. So another way to do that is because these thoughts are just sentences, you can take each thought and you can package it up and just put it on a train and watch the train cars go by and just kind of watch your thoughts. 
and be like, wow, I actually don't ever listen to this. And this is kind of tragic and kind of mean. I can't believe these things that I'm saying to myself, but you're not identifying with them because you're just watching them go by on a train. Or you can just put each thought on a little leaf and let it just kind of drift down the river and just be like, okay, these thoughts are going to come and go and come and go and come and go. And that's just fine. One thing that we don't want to do with these thoughts is to get into some kind of a struggle or wrestle with them. There's two ways that can happen. The first way is we believe it. And then we get all caught up in the drama of whatever's going on because you believe this thought that just randomly came into your head. And so then you get upset about something that may not even be true. The other way that we struggle with thoughts is we know they're not true. And so we try to wrestle with them. We try to stop thinking them. we try to stop making that thought come into our mind. But anything that you focus on and wrestle with, whether positively or negatively, just gets bigger. So the most useful thing to do is to acknowledge the thought, which puts a little separation from you, because if you're watching it, who's the you that's watching? That means that you're separate. The you that's watching is separate from all of these random thoughts that are coming into your brain. And so the you that's watching is the one who's in charge and who can take that space between the stimulus and response and decide what you want to do with it. So you can just say things like, I'm having the thought that, or thank you brain for that thought. You acknowledge it. It's there. And you can even like wrap your arm around it and say, little thought, you happen so often. I'm going to give you a name. You're my little loser thought. I know you come up all the time. You're always calling me a loser. It's all right. You just sit right here beside me. You stay as long as you want, but I've got things to do. I'm going to move on with my life and I'm really not going to engage with you right now, but I don't care if you come or go. By just making peace with these random thoughts that come, they don't carry you away on an emotional roller coaster that ends up with actions that you really didn't want. So if you're at a place now where you have some random automatic thoughts that come up and you're able to just sort of sit with them and let them go by without making a big deal about it, now you have the power to actually create the thoughts that you want to say, what do I actually want to have happen here? What are some other stories that could be happening in this situation? And that's how I like to think about it is in story. Because our brain is trying to make sense of what's happening around us, it fills in the blanks and so it creates a story about what's happening. And those stories aren't true, but they satisfy its uncertainty and its need for being able to make sense of things. So if you want to play around with the story, first you identify what story you're telling yourself, and then you start playing around with what other stories might be happening and which one do you like? You're not wrestling with the old story. You're letting it be. That's an option that might be happening, but what else could be happening? What else could be happening in the kitchen when I was cooking is that I was hungry and I just started cooking. I had forgotten that fact. And so when I tell myself that story, you're an adult and you're hungry and you're taking care of yourself and you're making yourself something to eat. That makes me feel really good and, and loving and compassionate and caring about myself. Makes me feel like I'm doing a little bit of self-care there. If I were going to make up this quote about how there's a space between stimulus and response, I would actually say it this way. Between stimulus and response, there is a space, but it goes in this order. Stimulus, baby automatic response, and then there's a space where you can choose your actual own response. So just because you react emotionally and you have a big emotional wave come up, that doesn't mean that that's your response. That's just an automatic reaction to the story you're telling yourself. Think about it when you're like in a movie or when you're reading a book. Have you ever cried in a movie or cried reading a book? 
or just felt lonely or terrible when you identify with that character, that's because our brains have two things going on at once. First of all, sometimes when you're telling yourself a story, it can't tell the difference between what's real and what's not. Now it can at some level because our brains are way more complex than that, but it can get wrapped up in a story and identify with that and have emotional reactions to pretend things. That's why we have entertainment. At the same time, there's a part of you that knows you're watching a movie or knows you're reading a book. And so if you need to, you can put it down and get some distance from it. That's the part that we want to engage. So let's say you're texting your daughter and it's getting into a little bit of a sensitive topic. And all of a sudden she just stops texting you. You've asked her a question that you think is important and she just stops texting you. She doesn't reply. What is going to happen? Your brain is going to fill in the story of what's happening by saying, Ooh, you really frustrated her and made her mad or, Ooh, she doesn't like you anymore. Or, Oh, she's not going to talk to you for a while. Or, you know how your brain just goes off on all these scenarios and it creates a whole drama. It's almost like our brain is soap opera addicted and saying, Ooh, you know, what's going to happen is she's mad at your comment and she's not going to let you watch the grandkids anymore. And she probably won't even come for Christmas. So you've got this simple little non-reply to a text and all of a sudden in your brain, she's not coming to Christmas. That's what our brains do where they go on this whole roller coaster ride, starting from the initial trigger. And so what we want to do is notice the first initial emotion that clues us into something that there was a stimulus. Sometimes a stimulus happens and we, we aren't aware of it until we emotionally react to it in that baby way at the beginning. So I might have an emotion that says, um, stress response, alarm, kind of freaking out a little bit. And that's a clue to me to say, wait, why are you freaking out? You just put your phone down. You're sitting here working. Why are you freaking out? Oh, it's because she hasn't texted me back and I keep checking my phone. And now I'm starting to tell myself these stories. Bing, you got it. Now that you know, you're telling yourself a story, you can create a new story. That's the little space between the stimulus and the actual response that you want to do. Because if you don't take that time to reframe it and think about it, you're going to shoot her off a text where you're pissed and it's like, whoa, what just happened? And really what might have happened is maybe she got interrupted. Maybe someone came to her door. Maybe her phone died. Maybe she was driving and her kids needed something. Maybe she got to the Taco Bell line and needs to order. There's like a hundred things that could be happening. And when we allow ourselves to get curious about what could be happening, then we can choose our response which in this case might be to just give her a little more time or to say, sounds like you're busy. I'm putting my phone down for a while. I'll check in later. So Covey and all of those other psychologists who said things really similar to this are right between stimulus and response. There is a space in that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. This work of unpacking our automatic thoughts and getting curious enough to come up with other stories rather than the one our brain just automatically serves us is such a powerful work. So worth the effort to do. Thanks for being here and taking a little time out of your busy life for personal development. I applaud you for that. We take change one step at a time. You're already on your way. You're already enough. You've got this. Have a great week and we'll see you for the next principle.